Keely. Important note, a calm, serene environment is a must. Relax and enjoy. Healy is a portable IMF frequency program that boosts health, vitality, and well-being. The perfect system for in-home use. Frequencies for life. Healy. Scan and shop. Follow and like. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 360 Wisdom Speaks. Our guest today, Talia, is calling in from Oakland, California, where the sun is shining. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Nicole's going to read a little bio on you so the audience has a little head start on what it is you do, and then we'll get into the most serious things because we want to hear those wisdoms that you have to share today. Sounds good. All right. Talia teaches classes on curbing imposter syndrome and using creativity as a means to grow. She has been coaching since 2001, using creativity to help people learn, heal, and love themselves. Talia has earned a BA in English at UC Berkeley, a, certif a certificate as a mediator, and a certificate to facilitate Lego serious play. How awesome is that? Welcome, Tally. Thank you so much. Lego play. Hmm. Now that sounds interesting. Uh, obviously, it's more not just for kids, but for adults. Uh, yep. All right. This is going to be a good one. So <laughs> let's share with the audience what playing Legos is all about. Okay. Um, Lego Serious Play is actually something that Lego developed. So I, got, I learned their methodology. Uh, they realized that while they, their company advocated creativity, their meetings were not at all creative. So they hired some people who were very smart to talk about, to explore the hand-brain connection and figured out ways they could use Lego bricks in uh, the boardroom and office spaces everywhere to really do serious uh, work using play with Legos. And then they learned about how when you build with something with your hands, it accesses parts of your brain that you don't get to just from uh, talking or writing. When you've built your idea and you're holding it in your Lego model, then you don't have to hold it in your head and it frees up space for you to listen to other people. Because you know if you look down at your model, you're going to remember what you need to say. And then you also have something for other people to look at so they can listen with their eyes and understand more deeply what it is that you're trying to say. So there was a lot of really great stuff that came out of, of Lego Serious Play. My own personal experience was that uh, I would meet people on a team who would say, yes, my team needs you, but their boss would never uh, respond to my card. And it was hard to sell because a lot of people thought think of Legos as children's toys. And it was it was not as always as clear the benefits that people could get from playing. So I've gone off and done my own methodology since then and, and developed my own things so I can work with people one-on-one -on -one rather than having to rely on someone's boss calling me back. You know, that is so true when it's something that's a foreign, people don't understand, they have one thought in their mind thinking they know but they really don't. It's kind of like working in virtual reality. A lot of people, ah, that's just a game. Well, you know, it's not. You know, it 
there's so much more going on with the business and education aspect. You know, I really love that idea of, like you said, you know, that getting it out of your brain, being able to have something that you can get a hold of, got your hands on, where others can look at that and like, hmm, okay, you know, that makes sense. And then what if, you know, suggestions and start really tweaking you know, everything. And like you say, because sometimes we don't get the visual if we're not a visual person. Mm -hmm. We don't see what the other person has in their head. So, wow, what a great way to do this. And, you know, it kind of brings fun back into the business, right? Sometimes Absolutely. we get so serious, you know, and everybody's like bored and, and it's like, oh my gosh, just lighten things up. So to be able to do that and everyone have their own little vision that they can actually see and hold in their hands is huge, right? So it what is. are some of the experiences now that you're, you know, you've got that basis and then you've kind of interweaved it with some of your other stuff. So explain a little bit how you took that fun, that creativity and open up space in the brain for other things to happen and how it's impacted the neurotransmitters on that high hand-eye coordination part of it. Can you share that with the audience? Well, the um, I think there might have been two questions in there, so I'm going to answer. Oh, there's probably three or four. <laughs> <laughs> so if I miss something, feel free to go back. Okay. <laughs> um, what I'm working on right now, uh, in the beginning of the pandemic, I started doing something called Creativity Club because I missed my friends and I wanted to hang out with them and we couldn't see each other in person. So I started playing creativity games online with them and it was just for fun. It was just because I wanted to have that creative outlet and share it with friends and do it in community. And I started seeing a lot of really common threads coming out of it. A lot of people saying, well, I don't like what I made, but I like what everybody else made and the, how everybody's judging themselves so much harder than, harsher than everybody than judging other people's work. And I started developing these uh, training sessions based on some of the things that I was seeing, like these universal issues that we're all dealing with around uh, self-judgment and doubt and comparing our insides to other people's outsides and seeing how when we can really uh, practice creativity on a regular basis, it can help us loosen up some of the perfectionism, some of the uh, fear, because you can practice making things that are imperfect and it being okay that they're imperfect. And they're perfect just in their imperfection. And it doesn't, you can't do it wrong. And being able to be in a space where you can't do it wrong and you just get to play and experiment. And what happens if I do this? And what happens if I try that? It can open up a lot of space in ourselves to start seeing more possibility in other places as well. And that's what I find really exciting is the people who work with me for a little while and start seeing that they get real world benefits of you know, being able to be more flexible in the moment and see what happens if I try this and how can I get that need met in a new way that I've never tried before uh, and not having to have it always go the way it's always gone. Well, that's, that's great. And it's just how unique that it took the pandemic to bring you to where you are. And yeah. there's been so many unique businesses and entrepreneurs and all of that that has come up out of that um, well, you know, a nightmare, 
but not so much, you know, where people got resourceful. They allowed their creativity to open up. They begin to look at things differently. It slowed them down. You know, some people were more stressed and others less stressed, you know, so you've got the good, the bad, the ugly all, you know, rolled into one, but there's so much greatness that has transpired out of these last couple of years in opening again those creative juices and that knowingness to be able to unite again because we were separating ourselves and getting further and further apart. Mm -hmm. You know, technology kind of put us out away from each other, but everybody was around each other. Once all of a sudden you were isolated physically, all of a sudden the technology came back full circle to reunite. So it's kind of really interesting how those things start to balance out. Nature seems to have that balance. And I like what you said about the imperfections and where people start to really judge themselves, right? You know, and we all have a tendency to do that rather than look at the greatness that came out of it. And everything is perfect just the way it is. I know, and I did arts and crafts and everything and was selling it, you know, some of the stuff I'm like, oh, I can't put that out there because there's one little piece of imperfection, you know, and it's like, wait a minute, once I finally got it straight in my head that nobody else will see it. Right. It's not an imperfection. It needed to be there because it's the curvature or whatever the case may be, you know, when you're starting to do the art stuff. So what you're saying in that Lego building and, and again, working that mindset and that creativity and that fun, it's, it's heartwarming and being able to bring that connected. So how is that working for you now after you kind of test the waters with your friends and now you're moving into you know, those businesses and you know, small, big or medium, whatever this case is, what did it take and what did you do to step over that as just a game? That's for kids. Well, I've actually pivoted. I'm not really working with Legos at this point. Um, okay. I've, I've, I know that there are people still doing Lego serious play online. Uh, I have not managed to uh, figure out how to do that because so much of the Lego series play that I did was getting it all in the same room and people building on the same models and putting their models together to make something new together. Um, so I've, I've changed to work with individuals rather than working with businesses. Okay. And uh, I get to do some group work where people can be creative in a group. And uh, it's something, I feel like there's something different about showing something you've created to several people rather than just, just one person. Um, but I also get to do one-on-one -on -one coaching to help people um, figure out what's going on. It, like how, I love talking to the, the gremlins in people's heads because uh, we all have those gremlins in our heads and uh, finding ways to uh, make them a little less scary. Um, I actually advocate naming your, your, the loudest gremlin in your head. I call mine Cruella DeVille. And it's so much easier for me to say, oh, that's Cruella DeVille talking. I don't have to take her too seriously. Um, like there may be 10% of what she's saying that might have some value, but 90% doesn't. So I can just set that aside and, and not have to pay attention. And it makes it clear that that's not my guidance that's speaking. It's the, the fear part. It's the part that's trying to protect me. 
Well, that makes sense. It really does. And we all do have those gremlins, you know, that brain chatter, the sabotage, or whatever you want to call it. There's so many different names, but I really like that idea of naming that gremlin, right? And so share a couple, maybe two or three little gremlins, you know, that you that you have spoken to with clients, you know, because I'm sure the gremlins conversation is probably the same. They just name it different. So what are some of the main things that you hear in that chatter, in those gremlins? What, what are the main things that they're saying? The, the biggest thing I hear is I'm not good enough. I can't do it. I'm not worthy. I shouldn't, I shouldn't even try. Um, I'm going to give you actually a personal example. I, um, I was developing one of my courses and ha uh, had been going through it with a couple of friends just to make sure that what I had thought was beneficial <laughs> was actually going to help people and that people were getting something out of it. So I was just going through it and the first few sessions went really well. And then I hit one where I felt like I bombed and I left it feeling like, oh, that was terrible. And you know, that twisting feeling in the stomach and oh God, uh -huh. I, and I was just like, I shouldn't, why am I even trying this? This is, I should just give up right now. I was never cut out to do this. I'm like, oh, hi, Cruella. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. So what I did was I sat down in a rocking chair because I think that's a little, that's kind of soothing to rock. And I grabbed my crochet so that I could have something to do with my hands. And I was like, okay, talk to me, what's going on? And uh, I just invited this part of me in and she was, start, oh, well, I should have, you, sh you, you didn't ask any good questions. So I said, okay, what should I have asked? And she was like, oh, I know what you should have asked. You should have asked this and this and this. I'm like, hang on a sec. I'm taking notes. <laughs> I grabbed a piece of paper and I started writing down all of these great ideas. And I'm like, what else have you got? And so like, I just let this part of me, she was there to protect me. She didn't want me to fail. And she had all these great ideas of things I could do to make it better. And so I wrote them all down and there's nothing your gremlins like more than being taken seriously. They want to know that you're going to protect the entity of you and them, <laughs> not let every, anything happen. So there, I mean, my gremlins were so happy that I was taking notes. It made them feel so good and so valued. And I got all these great ideas for the next time I went through the, this session. I had all these great questions to ask and uh, ideas of ways of talking about, of describing things differently. And at the end of it, my gremlin was like, Great. Thanks. See ya. <laughs> you know, I, that's fascinating. You know, that those conversations, those self entered conversations can end in just like what you described, you know, with that, that great volume of whatever, you know, so I, you know, just listening to you describe that kind of takes me back like into childhood, like, you know, the experiences that you had as a child where you weren't able to ask those questions mm -hmm. and they all, are just sitting there waiting and have never got answered. All of a sudden you gave permission. What are the, what are the questions that I, you know, that I should have asked that more likely so many of us have that same question that's been buried so deep. And so to be able to have that conversation with that gremlin, as you put it right, and to really pay attention, that's the relevant thing. That's key, right? Listen, 
that's why you have two of these and one of these, right? So begin to listen. If you're going to ask, zip it and listen. And wow. So that's that's what was flashing through my head when you were describing this. And uh, that's you know a critical point here for the audience to listen to. Your story here has been fun because you are so energetic. You're so light. You're so creative and, you know, resilient. And that's what's going to take you on that journey to continue and continue and sharing and making a difference, not only in your own life, but in the lives of others, right? We're going to take a short break here. And then when we come back, Nicole has some more questions for you. And it'll take you a little bit deeper into everything that led up to where you got started on your journey. So we'll be back here in about 30 seconds. Healy, important note, a calm, serene environment is a must. Relax and enjoy. Healy is a portable IMF frequency program that boosts health, vitality, and well-being. The perfect system for in-home use. Frequencies for life. Healy. Scan and shop. Follow and like. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to 360 Wisdom Speaks. Our guest calling in from Oakland, Talia. <laughs> she has just been sharing so many wonderful things about how she built her business through the pandemic of chaos, got resilient, and just is shining and blooming like the flower behind me. So Nicole is going to take over from here and really get back into what led up to this wonderful spiritual journey? So, Nicole, she's all yours. Mm, thank you. Thank you, Beverly. Well, you know, I, I do. You know, what comes to mind is, first of all, when I look at you, and I always like to ask the question of where did your soul's journey begin, especially with your imposter syndrome? Um, you know, was it an enlightening moment or was it a soul searching kind of dark night of the soul moment? We all have a few different ways uh, that we move and progress, whatever it is right now for you. Um, but when, you know, when I first want to say, when I look at you and I see that blue behind you and the blue in your glasses, very strong, wonderful colors for you. And it just reminds me of a you know, a warm summer's day and a light breeze by the ocean, you know, it's just cooling and soothing. And that opens your throat, your throat chakra, so you can speak the truth. And I know you talk about imposter syndrome, and I love to say fear gremlins. When I give my speeches, I use that term, and I love that because they get in our head, right? Uh, what was that moment for you that began that journey for you to speak about imposter syndrome and work with other people with that? Was that something you worked on personally? I actually feel like I started my life with imposter syndrome. Um, I have a twin brother and the two of us were born five weeks prematurely. And the first thing the doctors did was put us each into our own isolate, our own little incubator. And my early experience of the world was that there was nobody there. Nobody, no matter how hungry or scared or lonely I felt, nobody was there until my mom made a milk run to the hospital 
And then all of the love and the comfort and the connection came attached to food. So when I went home after a couple of weeks, um, the attachment was to food, <laughs> not to my mom. <laughs> and I felt like the what who I was wasn't okay because she wasn't there for me. Neither of them was there for me when I needed them. As a, and I felt like I had to be somebody different in order to earn their love and the, my own self-worth. And it took me decades of work to change this and to understand that this was a story and not the truth. And that actually my parents wanted me to be just who I am and, and not they didn't have any expectations for who I was supposed to be. But it was definitely a lot of work to get to the point where I could even see that that was a possibility. You know, how beautiful that, that you share that, you know, and that you found that connection even from the separation uh, and that you can share that with other people, uh, you know, and share that, you know, hey, we all have a bit of trauma in our life. Uh, we all have a bit maybe of separation, especially in uh, this last year of 2020. And that's what Wisdom Speaks is about, is bringing that full circle 360 uh, in the wisdom to us, to our souls, to bring it together that sometimes we do have to go into the shadow of what is us, those little pieces, those fragments, and bring them together. And with that, that molds. Uh, you know, even if you're working with glass, each piece of sand has its place uh, in the glass blowing and you can change the colors and you can get different reflections uh, in, in that glass um, when you're looking at maybe a Tiffany lampshade or a glass window in a church. Just the beauty of what that is all working together and that you brought this connection together and that you can share that with others. And sometimes, it, you know, something that we can work on for years and something that is always with us, but that experience that you share that moves you forward, that propels you to be the wonderful, beautiful person that you are, and the soft-hearted being to share this with many, many people. Uh, you know, and the creativity, and, and I've heard you speak before on uh, a summit, and, and I love that you share about creativity because you light up. And when you light up, the audience lights up. And for me, the creativity is absolutely that sacral chakra. And it's where we carry our, our deep-rooted fears and shame and regrets and secrets. And when we hide them and we compact them down, uh, then we stuff them down, we become rigid. And in that rigidity, we aren't able to express our heart and our life's purpose and our emotions. And it's in that creativity and that play, maybe it's dance, um, you know, however we work at it. When we are creative, we become whole and we become harmonious. And what does that mean to you at a soulful level that you talk about creativity and your connection? It actually breaks my heart when I hear people say that they aren't creative because we are all creative. We all come out as children. We are always creating things and it sort of gets judged out of us <laughs> after a yes. while, you know, it's, it, it, becomes you have to draw the snowman for your school assignment with three body parts and if you do seven then it's not a snowman anymore and it's like why not why can't you make that but it there we start getting the, these expectations and the rigidity and then we start internalizing all of that and the judgment and wanting to be perfect and the truth of it is that the there's 
infinite ways of being creative. It's not just being able to draw well or sing well or be a sculpture sculptor. It's cooking or gardening or dancing or finding a new way to drive to work. There's so many ways of being creative. And there's um, there's a lot more of trying to find two different things and putting them together and making something new rather than just like waiting for that flash of lightning to hit you from from the blue sky and, and that's going to be your inspiration. That there's so much about creativity that can be practiced and played with. And that it really gives us a chance to um, make things that are imperfect and it's okay. There's no consequences. There's It gives us practice at being human and creating things that we might not be very good at, but we're doing it for the love of it and for the process, not the, the product. And that, it lights me up. And I think it like, I think it lights a lot of people up, but it's just hard to find that spot because it's not something that modern life really um, rewards. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, you know, we don't reward ourselves. We don't give ourselves the ability to feel that creativity is part of our self-love, our sensuality, our desire, our richness. It's part of that uh, like abundance in the world and how we accept one another and our energy. Uh, you know, everybody is an energetic being in a different way. And that energy, though, energy is always it, it shows up differently, how we feel and how we vibe. And I love creativity, you know, um, making things like essential oils with plants and feeling the different vibration and, and feeling that love, the creativity maybe on date night um, at where you go out to dinner. Um, or if you don't go out to dinner, you just take a walk and a stroll at night in the moonlight or maybe just go camping or, you know, find a place, uh, something new, a great experience. And that's different for everybody, but as I as I grow and I age, I find that that creativity has everything to do uh, with my enlightenment and my power, um, and it helps align my chakras. And that's that beautiful desire and that passion and that love. And it's emotional because we're emotional beings. And you always see those uh, rich stories. I love watching biographies where there's the painter um, and, and they're kind of in that traumatic experience, maybe like a Picasso and there's a love triangle or something going on, but it affects his paintings and affects his emotion, it affects his richness and it affects his color and the texture of everything. And sometimes uh, creative beings just you know, they, there is something that stops them, whether you're writing. There's always a place and a time and a moment, but you can have creativity in everything, uh, whether it's the shirt that you wear or something different. And I love that you bring that. Uh, you know, it, it's so beautiful because when people are creative, they're energetic, um, their vibration changes when they come in the room. When you talk to somebody, if you're empathic, we all, I believe we all are, uh, and you're using your intuition, you feel people in the room that you love to be with and that you want to be with, or you know that they're entering the room. We all have that moment and you can feel that. And that's that, that, that uh, beingness of the person coming in that room, who they are, their strengths and their confidence and their courage, which comes from eliminating absolutely that imposter syndrome. I know that's a road that I went down and, and it's very near and dear to my heart because we feel that we don't have that enoughness. 
and that enoughness tries, whether it's a creation in our, in our jobs or our personal being, it, it brings us that uh, charismatic connection to everything that we do. So try it. I mean, whether it's a coloring book or anything, you know, or it's a dance or a yoga move or anything, try something colorful. Uh, you know, because you're rich in your color and you just, you just embody it in your being and, and you can see that. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring Beverly back in because I know she has a few things to ask you, but I want to thank you because, you know, I can sit here and talk to you about creativity all day. I love it. it it's so enriching for people. And it's you know, something that we need right now is that creation mode, but I'm going to bring Beverly back in. Wow. That is such a beautiful story. You know, and I really feel a lot of the audience too is going to relate to that isolation, so to speak, right? Where nobody was here, you know, especially, you know, here you were in the womb with your twin brother company all the time, right? And all of a sudden he wasn't there. Mom wasn't there. That protective space wasn't there. So the only thing that was, you know, anything that felt good was food, you know, and it's interesting. So many of us move down that line of we subsidize food for that pleasure, that feel good moment, you know, which is so far removed from what the reality of things were. And to be able to discover that, you know, listening to your story, you know, from your, from your growing up time, and then all of a sudden, here you are, hard hit, 2020, same thing again, poof, right? You know what I find fascinating is that, in a way, our gremlins are just like the isolate. That the, I was put into the isolate for all the best reasons. They were, doctors were trying to keep me safe and warm and taken care of with the unintended consequence of leaving me isolated and disconnected. And now doctors say that preemies should have skin to skin contact with their parents. And that's more beneficial than being put into an isolate. But in a way, the gremlins are very similar because they're trying to put us in, like keep us safe. They're trying to keep us from getting hurt with the unintended consequence of keeping us from ever doing any of the things that we want to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and so having that, we all feel it from time to time, you know, to be able to recognize that and move forward from it. And it goes back to perception, how you perceive things, you know, before the age of reasoning, how you perceive things after that, your teenage air, you know, and then you get into your 20s and your 30s. Perception always changes with database of information. And it's been able to recognize that. And that's a that, uh, you know, is definitely really relevant to where is it that in your time is how your perception shifts and be able to, like you say, listen to those gremlins and start changing and shifting with that. So what could you leave the audience with, you know, at least three things? I know you probably have hundreds of them, but let's get three main points that the audience can take away here today to start paying attention to listening to those gremlins, right? And maybe start that shifting and really not being so hard on themselves, but start to really pay attention as to the message that they're actually trying to give us. So could you share that with the audience, please? Sure. Uh, my first tip would be 
to notice all the times that you survive feeling uncomfortable because gremlins are counting on you not wanting to risk being uncomfortable and so they're going to try to make you uncomfortable to keep you safe and so you don't stretch but if you notice that sometimes you can do something and you feel uncomfortable and you survive the experience you can start to trust that if you have to do that again <laughs> you'll survive it again and then the gremlins have that much less hold on you and it makes it that much easier to challenge their point of view because you know that you've survived being uncomfortable before um my next tip would be to name your gremlin because it really does make a difference to be able to say this is the gremlin part of me speaking and that's the guidance part of me speaking um, it's it's easy to start getting them mixed up <laughs> because it's all inside of us uh, but if we can identify oh the voice that's always mean to me that's not guidance <laughs> that one is the is the gremlin the guidance is the voice that has the kindness and the compassion and is um really trying to uh support us so um, being able to identify make the, those differences can can make a big difference and i had a third point and it just went right out of my head so if you can give me just a moment <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I you go ahead and think about this i want to share something when you're talking about this little gremlin guy right it's like wow now i have a name so therefore i can always use it and say well yeah the little devil in me and you name the little person right it's his fault right so so you really do have you know kind of that fallback and really again everything that you spoke about here is to lighten up and don't take yourself too serious you know and get creative and understanding and resilient in what you are doing and don't let something take over and define you when you know in in every cell of your body that that's not the defining moment of who you are so therefore start to pay attention get those questions out because now you're making a safe place for them at the same time you're making a safe place for the adult you not just the child you right yeah and i think that that actually leads into my third point which oh well, there you go then yeah um I, uh, I really like talking to different parts of me and having conversations back and forth um, because sometimes my teenager is going to have some insights that my adult self doesn't have or might be able to explain to me why I'm feeling so much resistance about something. It's because something isn't fair, darn it, darn it, and I wanted things to be fair, you know, or my six-year-old self will have something to say and being able to bring in all the parts of me and have conversations and figure out where the resistance is happening can give me a lot of information about how to move forward with more grace um and honestly i always 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 advocate for people to be creative to try it try something just the the act of trying something that you haven't done before and just to see what happens and know you can't do it wrong um 
is something that I always invite people to do because I find that it has helped me so much. I have used creativity to process turning turning 50 to because I did not process turning 40 and that was ugly. So I, <laughs> I I spent some time on an art project to help me work through the feelings about turning 50. Um, when my cat died, I did a whole art project about that to help me work on the feelings. There's like creativity helps me through some really dark times, but it also brings a lot of lightness and joy. And it helps me connect with all the different parts and have these different kinds of conversations with myself with all the different parts. And I think that that just there's so much, I find so much joy in creativity and I want to help other people find that too, to find that joy and that freedom and the possibility thinking that can come with it. Because once you leave that point of view that it can only be this or that and there's no other options and you start applying creativity to, to a situation and say, there's infinite possibilities. What could happen? How could, what could we do with this? It just makes everything more, gives you more freedom in everything. Exactly. You know, and I think the whole show here can be summed up in one thing. Give yourself permission to talk to yourself. Because if you don't, you're going to go crazy. When we've all been programmed, you talk to yourself, you are crazy. Well, that kind of got messed up, you know. And so that's what I tell my clients too, you know. Learn how to talk to yourself because you know what? You're the only one that's going to really listen because you're the only one that really knows what they're feeling inside. So pay attention to name it and then work with that voice, work with that part of you because that's part of that whole growth. Oh my gosh, this has been, this has just been a delight having you here, Dahlia. And we look forward to maybe getting you back. Who knows? And if anybody out there would like to know more about her, reach out. All of her information is going to be connected here with the podcast. So we want to thank you so much for being a guest here on 360 Wisdom Speaks and sharing your words of wisdom to the audience. Bye-bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. Healy important note a calm serene environment is a must relax and enjoy healy is a portable imf frequency program that boosts health vitality and well-being the perfect system for in-home use frequencies for life Healy, scan and shop, follow and like.